the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. get into it for a tuesday we made it through monday i hope that uh, last night you went out with your special someone and maybe had a little bite to eat and maybe a little glass of wine and kind of enjoyed each other's company then you went home i don't know watch some netflix or some watch some uh amazon and then uh went and had uh, you know made a little love you know yeah. Get, get down, down to your night. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, <laughs> little Casey and the Sunshine Band evening. So, uh, you know, hope that you had a great, great evening last night on a Valentine's Day. Uh, if you want to continue the celebration, you can. Uh, today is my birthday. So, uh, you know, happy birthday. Yeah, happy birthday, happy birthday to me. And uh, you may, uh, you know, you may leave work uh, early. Uh, tell your boss that I said it was okay. Uh, if they put up, if they put up any kind of fight with you, say, "Well, Ellswick said it's okay." And I'm sure if they listen to the show, they'll say, "All right, then, yeah." It's a national holiday. Go ahead, go ahead, and and have a glass of wine on me, or not on me. No, you can go have a glass of wine. Just let you know. Oh, by the way, the New York Times proved something. Uh, uh, Elizabeth, you got Elizabeth is by phone with us today. Simone is here Good in the morning. studio. I got to tell morning. you, did you see what the New York Times said that these heartbeat bills for babies don't uh-huh. make any sense because they don't really have a heart since it's, it's not, not really a heartbeat. Yeah, since it's not totally developed, it's really not a heart, which goes to prove that if you write for the New York Times, you don't have a brain. Because it's not developed. <laughs> that is so perfect. That is so. Isn't perfect. that true? I mean, it really is true. I mean, it's, that it's unbelievable to think that somebody actually is saying that, and people take that seriously. The brain stretch they have to go to to come to some of these conclusions, yeah, is outrageous. They're not, they're not stretching their brains. They don't. Care <laughs> they don't have a brain. Right. They don't have a brain. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's. I mean, look, Churchill was right. Oh, Lord. If you're under thirty and you're not liberal, you don't have a heart. And I understood exactly what he meant. But if you're over thirty and you're not a conservative, you don't have a brain. Have a brain. Uh, he was exactly right. You know, you're expected to have stupid ideas when you're younger because you have no life experience at all. And you think, well, it'd be great if nobody had to work. (laughs) You know, there's people who think about that. I mean, look, I mean, AOC said that the reason the people are stealing in the stores is because um, the young men and uh, and boys are stealing baby formula. Right. Child tax credit was taken away. Yeah, because that was taken away. It's incredible. It, it really is incredible. 
uh, some of the stuff you hear, and that's the way it is. Now, I'll tell you something that really bothers me uh, today, and i got to bring this up. Uh, the, they came out with a, lot, a, a big, big um, poll, and it showed that younger voters only like 23% think the president is doing a good job, which really kind of which kind of surprised yeah. me. I thought they'd be in the forty percentile. You know what? You know, a, guess what age you got to get to before you get over? Or you get to forty or above. Well, you got to get smart. You got to get older. That's the thing. You got to get to be sixty-five years old, and then you're stupid. <laughs> Right. You honestly think that Biden's doing a good job? You're stupid if you believe that. I'm sorry. Well, that's the group. People yes, tell me I should that decided he's doing better. Yeah, people. Yes. People tell me I should not use that word. I I can't think of any other word it than just stupid. Suits, it suits the point. It does. I mean, it's, it's the truth. I don't like to use it either, but there's just sometimes when that is the. Word I don't for even it. say that to my grandson. Right. Don't be stupid. I don't say anything like that. I said, yeah, let's think about that. That's yeah. what we say. Uninformed. <laughs> by, yeah. By now, if you're 60 plus years old and you think this president is doing a good job, you're stupid. Well, I'm sorry. You can look around and tell that it's not true. Right. They couldn't tell you any reason why other than he's going to do his name. Yeah. I've That's been a right. Democrat all my life. I would well, never I'll vote for a Republican. Well, okay. Stupid. Yeah. Can't Most of the out. average guys on the street, this stupid stuff that they're doing, like you're talking about, the average guy is going, excuse me, this makes no sense. It's yeah. finally, you know, drilling down to the everyday guy who's a very common sense person, not involved with a lot of politics. And they're looking around going, well, well, ridiculous for a gallon yeah, of gas waking up every day. Oh, yeah, that makes sense yeah. to me. That's the one uh, thing. No past what uh six years or so people have really gotten eye openers about things that people are now involved that were never involved before in things here let me give you just one really glaring one for you hey you down in texas quit drilling for oil cap those wells hey russia from russia open up the tap and give us some of your oil we'll pay you for it and put money in your coffers you're our enemy We'll pay you. That's the smart and thing to do. The yeah, that's the right way to go. I'm sorry. I'm I'm set today. It's my birthday. I can say whatever I want to. <laughs> Heidi told me that. That's exactly right. When I got that's ready exactly to walk right. in the studio today, she says, Dave, you know it's your birthday. You can say whatever you want. You can be completely unfettered today. <laughs> she didn't say that. I'm, uh, she, she really tries to help me to make sure I don't right. say things that are going to tick people off, but... I've been doing it for now for 52 years, ticking people oh, off of what I say on, on radio. So it's, it is what it is. Well, people, are, people must like it. Well, they know. They know <laughs> that I am going to say what I think is the truth. Okay. And what you're thinking in your head out yeah. here. Yeah, it's, that's what you're you know, saying. I was talking to Mark uh, Pettigrini yesterday. He was on the show. Uh, Tim wasn't in, but Mark was. And uh, we were talking. He asked me what I what. Uh, issues and I, and he, he says I just want to be ready and I said you know how my show is I call my brand of talk radio uh, Jerry Seinfeld talk radio right. <laughs> it, it's a stream of consciousness we start off and I'll throw up a topic and then we go wherever we go with it 
We talk about whatever is on our minds. And people who are out there listening right now, you want to call in 8230965, feel free and tell me what you're thinking. Right. Yeah. You know, I, I bet you if you there's a lot of things to I, talk about. Well, I bet you if they listen, I bet you we say a lot of the same things that they're thinking. Right. That's the point. You know, it out loud. You know, as far as gas prices go, a uh, big story came out Sunday, you know, the Russians were pulling back. No, they weren't. They were putting their troops in attack positions. That's, that came out today. Did you see the story today? Well, overnight, supposedly, according to Russia Today, they are pulling out. Yeah, Russia Today. Yeah, I, sure, yeah I, I, I believe in the people who you got, cut their teeth on Pravda. Well, yeah, and there's, I mean, across the country, you know, the AP and U.S. News, New York, you know, Times, they're all reporting it this morning. Yeah. We'll see, won't we? Well, they're they're reporting that they're moving into attack positions now. What in Zelensky they're, they're said They were saying Wednesday. tomorrow. They yeah. said tomorrow is when they, they think they're going to attack. We'll see if that's true or not. They would not dare, Putin would not dare attack on my birthday. No. Honestly, he, <laughs> he attacks on my birthday you know, I'm going to tear off his shirt, put him on a horse backwards, <laughs> and make him ride towards Moscow. Uh, Ukrainian shot. He should have done it Monday. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The Ukrainians say they've been at war for eight years anyway. Well, they have. They've you know? 16,000 people have died over the last few years uh, in, you know, little fisticuffs that they have along the border. But they said in the first 20 hours... They figure over 50,000 people will die if the Russians invade. Yeah, it's going to be bloody. I mean, they already had, look, they already have. Russia really. They got mm, special forces. mm. Well, I want to know if the Russian people are going ready for all the body bags. Of course, I'm not expecting Russia TV to show up and be showing all the body bags coming back. I think Russia's making a really foolish mistake. Now, saber rattling is one thing. We expect them to do that. I do not believe that they want the whole world down on them. They're already hurting and suffering. They've got money issues. They've got, you know, fuel issues, problems. They've got all kinds of things going on. They don't need the world to cut them off. Well, the the whole world won't cut them off. Look, China, North Korea, (laughs) Iran, uh, Germany. Germany. I put them in that group, too. You know, they'll be, they'll, and France now. Yeah. I'm no, no big surprise to me that the frogs are doing that. <laughs> right. Okay. I mean, that's just what they do. They're the biggest fence sitters in the world. Should the I? Side, they think they can, you know, fall on to, oh, we'll say this or we'll say that to save ourselves. That's what they do. They well, want to play what do you think? Look at Trudeau. Same thing. Yeah. What Same you, thing. We're, t- we're going to talk, talk about the big T in a few minutes, but I got to tell you, uh, do you think I should try to call the uh, the folks up in uh, Washington D.C. today from France? Should I call them up and and try to, and try to get on the the uh, you know the, the the head French guy and talk to him? Uh, Maybe and have give him, him some well, sense. Well, I have him. I'll, I'll ask him if he'll rate my French jokes. <laughs> what, what do you think? Why why did they why did they plant all the uh, trees downtown in in Paris? Why? And so the Nazis could march in the shade. <laughs> yeah france is like switzerland we could get in we can we can get into that whole thing you know french french rifle dropped once i haven't heard french jokes in a while <laughs> i got plenty of i got plenty yeah, of them. my father a lot of them. my, my dad. father 
hated the French. Yeah, he, my father-in-law was the same way. He had he <laughs> uh, he had all he had all the respect in the world for the resistance. Right. Nothing for De Gaulle in the French soldier. Not no. at all. My dad used to have a lot of French jokes. I haven't heard him in about ten years. Yeah. Get ready. They're, they're going to be You're back ready. on the front burner again. All right, let's take a quick break. You're listening to Elizabeth on the phone. Uh, they're, they're, they promised her that they will have the car ready by the end of the year. And then... Uh, by we, the end of the year. We got, we got Simone Boy, sitting right. in the studio <laughs> as well. Hey, I'm having the same thing that you're having with a bumper. Going on, see? I'm waiting for them uh-huh. to do this bumper, and I got an email... Uh, from the uh, the guy, and he said, "I'm hoping Dave we can get in on Tuesday. I'll text you. I haven't heard a word, well, so Elizabeth evidently could not going to happen." Drive in without a bumper. Well, it's it's <laughs> my daughter's car, so I'm trying to fix it for that because I screwed it up. All right, let's get a break in. It's 18 minutes after six. It's a Tuesday. Bible guys at 7:05. Uh, Scott is still out, so he won't be here. Billy and Steve will join us today on the Dave Ellswick Show. If you're considered about, uh, concerned about all of the uh, you know, government spending that's going on and the inflation and uh, the political unrest that we're seeing overseas and uh, the rapid decline of the U.S. Do- dollar, then know there's a lot of other people who feel the same way you do, and they're looking at uh, doing some investing in precious metals like silver and gold. But when you buy those type of things for your, uh, you know, your your uh, your nest egg, oh, yeah. know that it's a little it's different than when you're buying other things. By the way, gold uh, hit nineteen hundred dollars an ounce. Wow! Uh, with oh. with this whole thing going on uh-huh. in the Ukraine, uh-huh. uh, he uh, talking David. He says you can learn how silver and gold could help you protect your assets. That IRA, the four hundred one k, the hard earned uh, savings you got. Uh, in your mattress because you're not getting anything if you've got it in the bank by calling 501-222-3315 says that they work with one of the only regulated and licensed national wholesalers in the country so you get direct prices from a dealer that you can trust you want to know more about buying silver and gold call david lucas financial david lucas and his people will take good care of you 501-222-3315 again the number 501-222-3315. 501-222-3315. Investment advisory services are offered through David Lucas Financial, an Arkansas registered investment advisor. Now, it says that I'm I'm back. I didn't go anywhere. I was sitting here in the studio and didn't go anywhere. I didn't even take a bathroom break. I, 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 was, I sat here the whole time. If you're watching on Facebook, I was here the whole time, wasn't I? Yeah, you're right. The camera's is uh shaking its its lens up and down yes i was here the whole time <laughs> all right uh elizabeth yesterday they got done with my roof pi roofing did the job finished it all up they were done by that was fast. yeah they were done by 11 o'clock wow. yesterday morning finished done i wa- i got home about ten thirty. walked in and i'm listening to him putting the the last of the shingles up there but they got done and uh I'm trying to think. Uh, Chris Tennant, I think, uh, is supposed to come out to the house to make sure the work was right. You know, he'll he'll get yeah, up on the roof come and, and look at it. Come out and look yeah, at it, make will. sure it's done. And uh, 
I've got a couple of uh, packages of shingles left, and they left a big box of those nails that got that, oh, that green goodness. piece of plastic around them. You know, when you're putting the, the shingles down, you use those, so it presses out a little bit along the shingles. So they got shingles to take back with them. I wonder how much those those are and if they give me a break on it. I'm <laughs> just kidding. Right. Just kidding. I don't know. I wish I we no would have used PI roofing or something when they came out to do our roof. These people were ripping things up. We found nails everywhere. Like, I mean, nails not and pieces with of stuff. I'm telling you, not yeah. with Pierre. They go around your house after you it's get so done cool. with a huge magnet. And they go around your house and they pick up all the nails. Now, when Chris comes out, whether it's today or tomorrow, he will, again, go around the house with that magnet and we've pick up four, any uh, remaining tires. nails four tires like blown since we've had the roof done yeah see that hasn't happened oh no. yeah they were, it's been they were all go- all those nails went bye-bye yeah it's well, pretty cool what they do yard and they clear they no clean way. everything up they pick all the paper up because i mean when they're working i don't expect them to you know tear it off and then fold it up and right. put it in the trash can i expect that they're just throwing that stuff around right. and that's what they do but they put a a tarp all the way around your house so it falls on the tarp and all they got to do is pick up the tarp and they pick oh, up all the nice. garbage yeah we had a, a definitely a different experience when yeah. we had our roof done so the magnet See, just seems glorious you don't listen to my show enough well it was my landlord <laughs> <laughs> or your landlord you tell him listen to dave you know show, he'll her. tell him you know i mean elizabeth used pi roofing they did a good job on her house too wow uh, i've been thrilled was a matt smith uh, he needed a roof over at uh, the uh, uh, the VIP you know, cinema over in Cabot. He called PI Roofing. Uh-huh. They did a great job for him. Now he's got a flat roof. That's a whole different kind right. of roof. So they they did that. I always like when I have Joel on, and he says people who have flat roofs say they always leak. He says that's because they haven't used me. <laughs> uh, his, they haven't done it right. Well, he gives yeah. them a ten year warranty that their roof will not leak. So he makes sure it doesn't leak, and then you get a twenty five lifetime warranty and that is that will carry over while you're having it you know after you had it done so later this year when i get ready to sell my house i gotta believe that's something that people looking for a house are going to think yeah 25 year warranty on the roof i don't have to worry about that maybe while i'm yeah it's transferable so there you go bottom line that's the way it works okay cost us money so you're doing good tires i'm trying well the way that it worked and uh working with the appraiser i didn't i they took i didn't even have to pay the the deductible right i didn't i didn't have to pay i got my roof for free this time isn't that cool and it's gonna add value to your house i like it when it does that well they had they had a few things that they wanted to do and i said well okay but i don't think you need to do it you know i've got leaf gutter on my house yeah and yeah. they said that the top there were some dings on it and they would replace it and i said i don't need that well that was fourteen hundred dollars to replace it so they just yeah. took that against my deductible which is only a thousand exactly right so exactly boom. oh bit of bing bigger boom i bada love bing, that and i gotta bing. gotta like that okay i mean thank you tony yeah, soprano <laughs> Yeah, they, they well, they work with everybody. That's what's so great about PI exactly. Roofing. They, exactly. They work with your insurance company. They get you the best deal. And they know them possibly. all. Yes, they do. <laughs> Alan Kerr knows PI Roofing. He's my insurance guy, and 
I told you I got Safeco, which I found out was Liberty Mutual. I'm still upset they didn't bring the emu out with them. I but love the, those commercials. The, the, bottom, <laughs> the bottom line is is that, uh, you know, they they know uh, Joel, and Joel has got a superior rep- reputation as a roofer. So they know that he's not out to screw them because they're not. He won't let them screw him. Right. <laughs> that's, that's the way it works. But anyway, it's done. I'm glad. They got started. In the afternoon Sunday, they were done by morning on Monday. Wow. And they didn't work all all night long either. Okay, so let's pick this up. I'm about 45 seconds from the news. When we come back, I think we should talk about Trudeau. And we should talk about our northern neighbors and the big difference between freedom of speech in Canada and freedom of speech in the United States. It's different. I'm just telling you, it's different. But we need to be aware about what Trudeau says he's going to do about freezing bank accounts, towing people's trucks, and things of that nature, because it would not surprise me if our own government didn't try to do that with this group that's saying that they're going to travel from California all the way to Washington, D.C. We will talk. We will talk about that when we return. It's the female power panel and it's all happening right here on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, back with you. Don't forget about East End Towing. East End Towing knows what to do, whatever the situation is for you out on the road. If you're uh, on the side of the road and your car breaks down, they know they're going to come out and get you. You'll know where they're going to take your car. They'll take it exactly where you tell them to take it. And hopefully you know that you got yourself a technician or a mechanic that uh, you do most of your work with, they'll take your car there, not to an impound lot somewhere where it's going to cost you an arm and a leg to get it out. Uh, If you happen to be towing your boat, you're towing your uh, trailer or whatever, uh, they can handle that as well for you. If it's just a flat tire, they can do that for you as well. That's East End Towing. Call them. Put this in your phone. Keep it in your phone so you'll have it if you happen to need it. Because I'm going to tell you, the time that you think you can least afford to have to get a tow is when you're going to need one. So you need to have a number ready to go that you know you can trust. 501-888-8849. 501-888-8849. That's East End Towing. I was just telling uh, Elizabeth, I was just telling Simone, they were showing on Fox News uh, the video of that Asian lady that the uh, homeless person grabbed uh, down by the subway, and he's just so he, bad. Yeah, hitting her and dragging her along. And I and I told uh, Simone, if somebody does that to me, I'll, I'll just warn. You, I may be sixty nine, but I can still put up a fight. I'm just telling you. I can no, still, you're going to get damaged if you, know, you mess with me. I'm yeah. going to stick a pencil in your ear or something. Well, like I said, you know, we're going to be. Oh yeah, don't mess with you. you know, we're going to be like uh, that uh, Batman commercial where it shows the guy says, you know, who are you? And he says, I'm vengeance. Yes. And then he proceeds to beat the living tar out of the guy. And you know, I can't wait for that movie. I cannot read, I cannot wait for that movie to come out because that's that is the original Bob Kane uh Batman and when he put him there I mean Batman oh, bad, Batman bad used to kill people yeah, when, yeah. when the comic he was book a mean, he was a tough one and yeah. then, um, when he was in detective magazine so that it's going to yeah. it's going to be cool to see it you know 
then he got you know all he the, wasn't soul searching he had all the yeah devices on his belt and all of that you know the, yeah hard you know, edge. i'll put you now i'm gonna knock you out poof you know right. kind of stuff no he didn't do it he put you out with his fist yeah how <laughs> well, that's and where that man started yeah yeah that's where he started was you know cleaning up gotham my yeah. gosh i can't wait to see the movie i'm really looking forward i saw uh, patterson the actor that's going to play him said that he hopes that it's going to be a trilogy like wow. it was for uh, Nolan. So I'm I'm hoping that's the case. If the first one is as good as what it looks like, Very it's going to be movies. fun. It's going to be fun. I like how they they went. They finally, it, it took, you know, when Christian Bale did it, mm-hmm. it took them that long to put the, the black around their eyes so that when they put the mask on, <laughs> you know, it looked like he didn't have any eyes. Right. You know, and yeah. and now, you know, they, they do that all the time. So anyway, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be fun. Uh, this weekend, I'm going to go see uh, Holland and uh, who is it? Uh, what's his name? Um, can't think of his name. Wahlberg no. uh, in Uncharted. That's the make it made. They made that video game into a movie. So I'm going to go see <laughs> it. But if it's got Holland and Wahlberg in it, it'd be a good buddy. Wahlberg is action, action uh, yeah. kind of movie. I saw where uh, Sandra uh, Bullock is in a new movie with... Uh, uh, is it Tatum Channing that she's going to be in no, it with? No, I don't know. Yeah, and what it looks like. You may not even remember this movie. Elizabeth probably does. When Michael Douglas and Kathleen Turner got together and did Romancing the Stone. I remember that. You remember oh, yeah. that? That's kind of what it reminds me of. Um, you know, it reminds me of Romancing the Stone. Yeah, yeah, I enjoyed it. I thought it was a good movie when it happened. When they had when they went down the side of that mountain right. in, the, in the mudslide. I, I thought remember that part. That was really... Oh, yeah really really good and she landed and then michael douglas landed and i won't talk any further than that and (laughs) she's a beauty but everybody got a laugh out of it yes she was she was really pretty all right so let's talk about mr trudeau and i was asking this of uh of uh simone see if you got an answer to this uh elizabeth what is it about the children of former politicians that they just seem to be stupid i mean I mean, look at Trudeau. His daddy wasn't that dumb. And the same thing with Como. His daddy wasn't that dumb to do some of the things that, uh, that uh, you know, Como has done. So I don't know what it is about, uh, about him. You know, I just – and you said that you think it's because they didn't learn right. about their fathers and how they made their decisions. And, and they're stuff. petulant children, basically. Yeah. Yeah. I was just going to say were, they were, you know, serious answer. They were spoiled and treated as, you know, young princelings growing up, and they weren't. I mean, I'm thinking of Trump's children, all right? One of the things that impressed me about him early on was the conduct and the character of his children. Yes. All right? And in this case, these people, like I say, they've been treated, I assume, growing up like princelings, and they never had to lift a finger or do anything to, to you know, show their worth in the world. And now now we're all reaping the benefits of a useless human being. Yeah. And they're going through the motions I mean, you know, of being a politician, not knowing what they're doing. I mean, yeah, look at the, the, the two boys over in England. All right. Oh, geez. You know, Charles, you know, he, he's got uh, got a couple of sons from Diana, and uh, one of them seems to have a head about him, and the other does not. Yeah. 
well, yeah. Yeah, there's a, whole, a mess. Yeah. He just got mess. hooked up. I'm just telling you. lack of respect for that child. He, right. Well, he got he got hooked up with the wrong woman. Oh, my goodness. I'm telling well, you. He's yeah. probably paying sorry, for it. It's not all her fault. Well, I'm not going to say. I mean, it's it's a lack of character on his part as well. But still. Very much so. He got, he, I, I don't think that Diana would have approved of her in any way, shape, or form. No, I think no. he's whipped, no. too. You know. If you know what I'm talking yeah. about. Uh, yeah, well, there's no doubt he's whipped. <laughs> yeah, he's whipped. That's, no question. Uh, all right. I mean, and I don't see them doing that couple doing extremely well here in the States. You know, the big hubbub was, oh, they're going to come to the United States, and everybody's going to love them, and they're going to do so well. And you just don't really hear much about them, do you? Well, they've got a podcast thing that they've only done one podcast, and it's some million-dollar contract with, I can't remember what it was, Spotify. And uh, they were trying to go against Joe Rogan, too. So they got a, do they have 11 and a half uh-huh. million listeners? <laughs> I know. Right? I don't think they got a chance. <laughs> I, you I know that the left is going again, taking on Joe Rogan. Like, it's a losing proposition, Yes, folks. it is. It's a losing proposition. He's got rumble going. We'll give you $100 million if anything happens. So he's got security. Which brings us up to this. Freedom of speech, and uh, that's why I support Joe Rogan. I don't believe in everything Joe Rogan believes in by any stretch of the imagination. He's a whole lot more liberal than I am. But I will say this. At least we've got freedom of speech in this country that says he can say what he thinks. Now, that is not the case, and it's something that I want everybody to pay attention to. Freedom of speech is not the same in Canada as it is here in the United States. It sure is no. <laughs> they know. don't have the Constitution. They don't have the Second That's Amendment. Correct. They don't have guns. They don't have the ability to defend themselves, and they really have no right to free speech as no. well. No, they don't. And what do you think about what Trudeau is up to? You know, if you're one of these truckers, he's not talking just about putting a hook on your truck and towing it somewhere. He's talking about freezing your bank account. And GoFundMe and uh, Send Give Go mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah, all of that. Well, they've yeah. already started yeah. doing that. But he's he's talking about going in and canceling people's private insurance. Right. Going in and freezing people's private bank accounts. It's crazy. And watch the I, left. I want you to watch the left and listen to them because they want to cancel those people too. Right. Because they use this word all the time that the left hates, and that is freedom. Right, it's freedom. been turned into That's a dirty a rallying word. cry, don't you know, of, of right wing extremists? Yeah, right. that word. So, what do you think if they if they actually get an American version of this this truck stuff, uh, Simone? I think and they start on the twenty. What is it? The twenty fourth. Twenty fourth. And they start going. Yeah, or whatever. They start going across the United States. How do you think the left is going to react? Oh, they're going to be clutching their chests. They're going to say it's worse than January 6th. They're going to call it an insurrection. There you go. I think you're exactly right. I, I mean, think that they'll yep. say this is just, just a, you know, we should have all seen this coming. This is just like January 6th right. all over again. And they're, this is supposed How to dare be, those people. Right. The party of workers, right? The Democrats are supposed to be the party of the working yeah, class. Supposedly. Blah, blah, blah. Yada, yada, yada. And here's the working class, like, yelling, listen to me, you know. And that's the thing in Canada is just listen to me. And Trudeau wouldn't even have a meeting with them. Nope. Give them respect nope. to have a meeting. And, and that, that's why it's blowing up. Right. And people, I mean. And I, it hasn't slowed down either. It's getting bigger and bigger right. all the time still. His ratings all over are, the world. Yeah, are supposed to be lower than Biden's. 
Isn't it amazing that just about a year and a half ago, Trudeau <laughs> was talking about the farmers over in India <laughs> and that they had, because they were breaking up those big marches that the Indian farmers uh-huh. about not making enough money on growing their crops. And uh, he said they have the right to peacefully protest. Well, they're in India, but not in Canada. Well, he took a knee with BLM, too. Yeah. I mean, just it's really crazy. It's really, really crazy. Back to what I said earlier, the average guy saw the news summer before last, last, with all the burning and the rioting and the people standing there saying this is peaceful. There is no person who did not see that who saw exactly what was going on. Oh, but they've tried to gaslight us about it. Exactly. But now they're standing there and everyone has seen the videos of what's going on. And now they're saying just the opposite, that these people are the ones that are, you know, a a threat to democracy and right wing extremists. And when it's very clear when you watch, in fact, the joke has become about the bouncy houses. The bouncy house truckers are so dangerous. It's insane. But the average guy on the street is seeing this and going, excuse me. I don't do politics, but this is unacceptable. Well, I got to tell you, anybody who's been watching the news knows. They may not know the term gaslight, right? but they know when they tell you what your lying eyes are seeing. You know what I'm saying? If you're you're seeing it happen and they're telling you it's not really happening, you know you're being lied to. Well, I think people are realizing too. I mean, you. I mean, it was so evident with the most. I want to, you know, tell you this is a mostly peaceful protest with a fire behind him. I mean, people exactly. are Insane. noticing how the peaceful. media are covering this, and they're. I mean, CNN's ratings are evident. You know, for uh, you know, they have lost to. nine out of every ten viewers. Yeah. Right. Nine out of ten, ninety percent. Wow. People at the airport are the only people watching. Yeah. And, and they <laughs> don't even want to. Right. They don't even <laughs> want to. They turn their back to the TV yeah. half the time as far as that's concerned, not pay any attention to it at all. All right, we got thirteen minutes to seven. We gotta get our break in. It's that time. I gotta pay some bills. Uh you stay right where you're at, Elizabeth. Simone, don't you? Well, if you want some coffee, you got time to run and heat up your coffee if you want to do that. Uh, don't forget about my good buddy, uh, Billy Mac, and about uh, if you need, you know, a, a service from him like alarms or security or monitoring for your home or your business. I know a lot, you know, we think that maybe it's not as bad here as it is in New York City or whatever, but when you have 11 shootings on a weekend, you know, you're you're running to catch up real fast here in the state of Arkansas and in the city of Little Rock. So you might want to have Billy come out and look at your house, look at putting uh, some devices on your window so if they're open when they shouldn't be, uh, it, it'll set off an alarm, not necessarily an audible alarm, but an alarm that goes right to your cell phone and lets you know what window is open where in your house. Or you want some different hardware put on your doors, or maybe you want some cameras. Uh, he de- he deals in cameras as well, and these cameras are 1080p, which means if you got Direct TV, you know how good those sports broadcasts look. That's how good your cameras will look. That's watching what's going on around your home. He does residential. He does commercial, and. Uh, you got the analytics for their cameras so that they can tell whether it's a person, an animal, a car, or even a gust mm. of wind. Uh, talk to Billy Mack about it. Call him at 501-205-1333. 
501-205-1333. And I'll tell you one other thing they're going to tell you. You'll pay for the service. In other words, you'll pay like 40 bucks a month uh, for them to monitor your house. But you will not have to pay for the hardware. That is ICU Protection, LLC. All right, back with you on the Dave Ellswick Show. Uh, I just got an email, uh, and they're asking me uh, to uh, remind you about what's happening in Cabot tonight. There is a school board meeting uh, tonight, and the parents the parents are showing up there, and uh, they they've already filed their list of grievances with the school board about a lot of these sexually explicit and aggressive books that are in the school library. Uh, about some differences in the dress code for for students, uh, female students versus male students, and uh, as well as not having the ability uh, to hear from the school board and, or the superintendent uh, dealing with, you know, some of the things that are being said about people who show up at school board meetings and want to raise questions and are told that, you know, the First Amendment doesn't exist hmm. at school board meetings. I mean, I was they stunned. They will not respond. Yeah, I know. There. I, I was stunned. I, I to was them. totally uh, stunned when Missy told me that you got to go out and and get the names of X amount of parents that have kids in in, in the school system uh, before they'll even give you an opportunity to speak at the school board. Oh my well, goodness. there's a law. There's a law that says if you have 50 parents or more in your school district, sign a petition that you can create a school board meeting. But the problem with the law, yeah, you can create the meeting, but nowhere in the law does it say that you are allowed to speak at the meeting or that the school board has to respond to you. So they told the parents in Cabot, oh, we'll have a meeting and you can come and sit in the room. We don't have to listen to you and you're not going to be allowed to speak. But you need 50 parents to sign a petition before you can even get that going. Well, exactly, because you know, they're they, not listening. They've got to get this. Listening. They got to get this. Some of this stuff in the court of law because that is an illegal law. It's as far as I'm that concerned, parents have to pay an attorney to force <laughs> these schools to follow the law. Well, I, let me I all, agree. Let I me agree. add real quick while yeah. you're talking about school board meetings yeah. in Conway. There is a public town hall meeting tonight in the public school, uh, high school auditorium at 6 p.m. Ask the superintendent. It is being billed as a town hall where people can ask questions. It will be the first such event of that type that I've seen in a couple of years anyway, or more than that. I don't know whether it'll you know, whether that will work or not, and we will see. But that's also tonight. But in Cabot, if you can go to Cabot, you should go to Cabot and be with those people that are working with that school board. They need to understand that parents and patrons who pay their taxes are paying for these schools. It is our responsibility to provide oversight. They work for us. They do not own our children. Well, gosh, it- are you sure about that? You sure they don't own our children? I am I am on fire about this. And you know what? I don't even have children. I don't have grandchildren. I am a person who does not have children. But what these people are trying to do to the children in our schools when they are innocent and unable to basically intellectually fight back, it is criminal and it has to stop. 
Well, they've had free reign because for so long. That's how you're taking over the next generation. That's what they're doing. They're brainwashing these kids before they even have an opportunity to know that there's any other difference in the world. And yeah. they've been doing it's it. disgusting. Yeah, I want to, the folks to know that that are doing this tonight, that uh, there's folks out there that have signatures to go along with the petition that you have. And they're also asking, where are your free speech T-shirts? So there's evidently some uh, shirts out there, free speech T-shirts. So uh, if you want to send, send me a message and tell me where the people can get them at, and I'll direct them towards you because people are listening. Yeah. We'll well, yeah, we'll I think, put it up I think on my Facebook and stuff. They've just gotten free reign for so long because we haven't been paying attention to our schools. So now, we trusted, yeah, <laughs> you know, trusted the wrong people to be taking care of our children. Yeah. Well, a lot of people yep. are saying, "Well, I can't trust my next door neighbor." In some instances, no, you cannot. You might think that they're a good next door neighbor, but that does not mean that they're a good school board member. Well, well, let me make the comment. There are numerous teachers I've run across several just in the last week and a half that are very upset, that are quiet, that are terrified of losing their jobs, that are not okay with all this stuff going on in their schools, but they need to need to make a living, and they're really afraid to open their mouths. Well, that's so why we have that's why we need going on on this as well, and it's got to stop. That's why we, we, we need to get our kids out of public schools and get schools that are really schools the way they should be started again uh, so that uh, parents the parents can do that. Up. Yeah, well, parents have got to realize their children are being taken away from them right under their noses. And the fear mongering is going on just completely across the whole country. That's what's going on right now is, is like this tyrannical, you're not going to come to the Capitol or we're going to, you know, we're going to call you an insurrection. You're not going to go against the school board or you're going to be a domestic terrorist. You, you know? don't dare protest because we're going to come visit you from the FBI because right. you're speaking out. This yeah. has got to stop. Yeah, well, it's got to stop and it won't stop until Americans get so fed up people. that they, they, will, they will stop it. That's the only like way that. it gets stopped. You know that, Elizabeth. I know that. It's just the way it, it always seems to work. Simone, thank you for coming in today. Elizabeth, thanks for calling in. Hopefully, we'll get your car fixed. Thank you very much. (laughs) 69, I'm not old until I hit 70, and even then, I'm not sure I'll be old. I'm just telling you. There you go. I feel that way. Have a great day. Tell tell Jack I said hi, and, you know, him to stay well, okay? Yes, sir. All right, appreciate it. Have a happy day. Simone, tell your husband to drive safe out there on the highways. All right, appreciate it. All right. We got the Bible guys. They're coming up next here on the Dave Ellswick Show.
much like the Temptations. Right. That was really good. That was little, really little good. funky music. Yeah, that's good. I, I like, like get the funk. You know, you got to get the funk. That's good <laughs> stuff. All right. Uh, Steve's back with us today. Billy is back with us today. Scott is still out on the road, so he'll be back hopefully uh, next week. Uh, if you have a question, you can still get it in. All you got to do is uh, email me, uh, and the email address is BibleGuys at Salem, S-A-L-E-M-L-R dot com. That way, uh, that will notify me immediately that it's for the Bible guys. Uh, we're going to go back and revisit a question from last week, and I want to get Steve's uh, take on it, because some of these questions come in, and it says, what does Billy and, and Steve think about this and, and whatnot? So uh, we'll get Steve's take on it in just a moment. But, Billy, you said you got a new question just this morning. I did. And so uh, what is the question that's being asked of you? One of those uh, texts at 5 a.m. I don't know who's up and thinking about theological mm-hmm. things at 5 a.m., but uh, the question says, I'm <clears throat> quoting Romans 5.14, it reads, Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even though over those who had not sinned according to the likeness of the transgressions of Adam, or transgression of Adam, who is a type of him who ha- who was to come. And the question was, if death reigned from Adam to Moses, how was Abraham justified by faith? Justification brings life. Mm, Okay. But uh, who wants to take it on? You want to take it on since it was sent to you? Sure. Um, (laughs) Sure. No big deal. Uh, It's a a good one. It it is a good one. It's it's a good question. Um, So part of, I, I will, I will preface the answer with the statement I always make when we're talking about Paul, uh, and that is that even Peter said Paul is sometimes hard to understand. And here's the reason. Paul is deeply steeped within the traditions of the father, of the fathers, so the oral <coughs> Torah uh, and the concepts that have that surround Torah. So you have to understand that just as we in the modern Christian world have a bunch of traditions that are far beyond what is actually in the Bible, um, so too did the Jews. And they've had a lot longer to establish those traditions. So one of the traditions was that <clears throat> we, we have a tendency to think about um, a, a day as, as a thousand years and a thousand years as a day. That's not a new concept. Um, the, the thought of the um, Jewish world at the time was that there were... Um, Four divisions of time. There were there were two days or two thousand years of chaos. Two days or two thousand years of the law. Two days for Messiah, and then one day uh, which would be for rest. J- just like the the physical week is laid out in two and two and two and one, one day of rest. So too would history be laid out this way. Well, let me stop you. Okay, so what what the what the early uh, I'm going to say theologians thought was that when God was making the planet and when God was, you know, bringing the waters and all of that, mm-hmm. that was chaos. Is that correct? Well, chaos would be the, the first two days of chaos. The first two days, which are the days of chaos, would be up until um, uh, was that that's the giving of the law. So that would be up until Moses. Oh, so okay. this, in in making this reference here, because there's there's no law, and therefore what you have is chaos, right? You don't okay. have an established system for law at that point. So by making this statement in reference to 
Moses rather than referencing Abraham. Because anytime you talk about the beginning of the nation, you reference Abraham. When you talk about the law itself, you reference Moses. So by making this reference to Moses, what he is pointing at is that division of time, right? Um, Up until Moses, you are in the days of chaos, and therefore you don't have uh, what they have is what they had at that point was um, the oral tradition of the actual presence of God passed down from Adam to the the fathers at that time. So, but there's there is no you know God really only gave them a single law there, right? Don't eat from the tree, and so we did not have an establishment of hey, how are we supposed to behave? Um, that would come through time, you know, obviously. This is one of those things where when people want to complain about us keeping Sabbath, I go, uh, well, God kept Sabbath on the seventh day. The very the, the very first week of creation, God kept Sabbath. Uh, and so did all of the, um, so did everyone who came before. The, the Jews were a thing. Um, the, the Sabbath is not a Jewish thing. The Sabbath is a God thing. Um, so too are um, clean and unclean animals. I mean, uh, guess what? Noah was not a Jew because <laughs> we don't have Jews yet, right? So there are there are lots of concepts that existed long before they were established and laid down in the law. And the period of, it appears that he is making reference to this period of time, this time that existed before the giving of the law. And what um, the, the, the short answer to the question uh, that I've now made a very long answer, the short, ah, stop it, stop it, Steve's looking at me like I'm an idiot down there. The, the short answer is that Paul is making reference to this period of time and Salvation has always existed in the exact same manner. Salvation has never been about keeping the law. Uh, keeping the law comes to those who are inside the kingdom, not outside the kingdom. The law is for those who are on the inside. After all, how to you? How can you tell those who are condemned how to behave? You just don't do that. It's not about behavior. It's about relationship. And because salvation has always looked exactly the same, that salvation comes through faith. It's the reason we have a faith chapter and not a best law keepers chapter, right? We have a faith chapter. Um, we, we know that the fathers, per the New Testament, were saved the same way we were, we were by faith looking forward to the Messiah. Our faith is looking back towards Messiah. Their faith was looking forward to Messiah. So um, there's really not a significant difference, okay. except, except that they were still hanging on to a hope yet to come. And we have embraced a hope that has come and is yet to come again. But to be able to answer the question that you were (laughs) asked, you had to be able to explain why you came up with the answer you did. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's the the difficult thing that we we deal with in modern church is uh, we we know the answer. And what I mean by that is we know the manner in which salvation was going to come because we're looking at it from the backside. right? Right, right. We now understand. We got 2020 vision. Very good. Yep, that's all right. It's the best way to say it. When we look back and see that God said of Eve that that her seed, right, is going to destroy the serpent and that the seed's heel was going to bruise the head, right, of that serpent, we now understand what that meant, right? It didn't make sense at that time. So just like he's referencing here in Romans 5.14, it says, hey, death reigned from Adam to Moses. And we, we similar to how we view um, anything food-related is automatically kosher, not kosher. Um, well, let, me, no, let me say that better. 
if anybody makes a reference to any of the the stories that make reference to food, we automatically assume that to mean that uh, food laws are being done away with. Right. Just like right. here, we see a reference being made to death. We automatically mean it's a salvific right. verse, right? <clears throat> and what uh, Billy was referring to is here from Adam to Moses is that two day period, right? It is that place of chaos and or death, right? When there was no law, there was no law, right? And so he goes on to say in the latter part of that verse 14, even though, let's see, oh, I'll just read the whole thing. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over those who had not sinned, according to the likeness of the transgression of Adam, who was a type of him who was to come. The Bible refers to him as the last Adam, talking about Jesus, right? Correct. <clears throat> so death reigned over everybody who was a descendant of Adam, even though they didn't sin like Adam, right? right? Because we now have it in our flesh, in our DNA, if you will, and so death reigned. That's original sin. Correct. Okay. The, the idea, you know, it doesn't mean that you're going to sin, but you are born with the propensity to, to sin. sin, right? Then you have a, a, something that we could kind of play off a little bit in Galatians, where it talks about how we were under the law, the tutorship of the law, until the Messiah came. Well, this is kind of saying the same thing. Paul's kind of doing two different things there. First, he's saying, hey, people were dying. They had no law. Right. Even though the law hadn't been established, they were descendants of Adam. They died like Adam. They sinned, but maybe just not like Adam. But now the law comes. And what we forget about the law is the law is not just the parameters. The law contained the manner of salvation. Correct. Right. right. It came the manner of redemption. So here's the law. And by the way, when you break the law, here's the sacrificial system. Right. And so now we have rules and then we have redemption from the rules. Then the next phase or the last two days is now the real redemption. What all of that was pointing to from Adam to Moses pointed something, Moses to Yeshua pointed something. And that, or I should say from Moses, those last two days or middle two days pointed to when we would get redemption through that last Adam. Right. And, and, and so it's not that death reigned in the sense that there was no salvation. It was um, that, the the results of sin reigned is really a better way that how I would read that. Right. Uh, but uh, the best way to answer anything that, because this kind of hints at this idea of how did salvation come before, it's the same way we get salvation, through the blood, right? Through the grace and mercy of God, through the blood, we look back to it, they look forward to it. Yeah. Right? And, and we should, um, <clears throat> one of those things that gets, misunderstood most among what we do is they go, oh, well, you believe in um, a salvation by works prior to Messiah because you, you had to follow the law to be saved. And, and the answer to that is absolutely not. No, um, because faith, the sacrificial system was there because God knew no person could keep the law. Right, right. Uh, faith has always been the cornerstone of, mm-hmm. of salvation. And we we can we can interpret that pretty clearly from... Um, the sacrificial system, in that I dare you to go find what the sacrifice is for intentional sin. Mm. There, all of the sacrifices that are listed are for accidental and incidental sin. Yep. There, There is no sacrifice for intentional sin, because guess what? If you intentionally sinned, the thing you had to do first was repent. Well, guess what? That sounds like a New Testament concept. Right. You, you, you had to repent and get a heart condition correct before you could consider making the sacrifices and moving forward in the sacrificial system. Understand that the reason that there you see no 
sacrifice in the old. T- it doesn't. It doesn't mean that if you intentionally sinned, there was no hope. It's that the hope they had was the same hope we had. It's repentance. Well, it's the same. It's the same concept that a lot of people have about the Old Testament. That mercy only came with Jesus. No, no. no. God no. said, "I am a merciful God." Right. All right. But you got to do it my way. And and let me ask you a question: If we still held to the rules that existed in the 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 law for accidental sin, you know, if I've wronged my brother, here's how I have to go behave with him. If I've accidentally stolen something from him, I have to repay him what I've stolen him from him plus one fifth of that. How much better a world would we live in, and how much more intentional and conscientious would we be about our behavior to one another? Mm-hmm. If we understood that, hey, um, sitting around gossiping about somebody might get me completely kicked out of the community, where everybody turned their backs on me and shunned me until I resolve that issue, um, we we might be a much mm-hmm. much better society. Yep. All right, got to take a break, and then we'll come back and. Continue the discussion here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Steve is here. Billy's here. Scott is not. But the Bible guys will continue as we continue on the Dave Ellswick Show. Reminding you about PI Roofing. If you didn't hear the first hour, I talked about PI Roofing. They just finished up my roof yesterday. It's done. It's finished. They got it done. Uh, They came out Sunday and did like two-thirds of my roof, and then they finished the other part of it yesterday. By When I went home, I uh, got home about 10.30 yesterday morning, and uh, they were putting on the last package of shingles that they were going to use. So they were done pretty uh, uh, pretty quick, uh, PDQ. This is like how we like to see it, pretty darn quick. So they got done, and, and uh, it looks great. I'm expecting that. The folks from uh, PI Roofing will be out today or tomorrow uh, to make sure that it passes mustard with them on the work that was done on my house. Uh, they got a couple of uh, packages of shingles to take with them and some nails that are still in a bucket. And somebody asked me about, was talking about they had their roof done. I think it was Simone said that they had nails all over the place. The last thing they do when they're done doing your roof, PI Roofing, after they picked up the big uh, uh, tarp that they put around your house and you catch a lot of the garbage that comes off of your roof, is they go around your house with a big old magnet and pick up the nails. And then they'll do that again when they come out and look at the roof. They'll go around the house again to make sure if there's a few nails still out there that they pick those up as well. They really clean up well after themselves. Uh, you know, got a 25-year warranty on that roof now. It is a transferable warranty, so when you get ready to to sell your home, you transfer it to the person who's going to buy your house. That's a selling point that uh, is very good for you. SPI Roofing, call them 707-3551, 707-3551, or do like I do. Go to piroofing.com. Okay, back with you. Billy says we finished answering the first question, and that had to do between Adam and Moses and about salvation during that time and there was a way of salvation during that well we time. we answered the question whether it was satisfactory or not well <laughs> i understand it's just like the question that we dealt with galatians you know was that you know something that people accepted that we still think jerusalem plays an important part in the world right because right. there's some people who don't and i i think that you're wrong if you're trying to place the Christian church in the place of the nation of, Jew, of, of the Jews. You're making a mistake. You know, 
it, it should be relatively easy to see. When Messiah returns, he's going to sit on a physical throne. And all you have to ask yourself is, where will that physical mm-hmm. throne be? Well, well, when he comes back, where is he going to step down at? Correct. Well, God, God said, uh, I have literally, and, and he, the word literally is not there in Scripture, but you can go look at a overhead aerial photo of Jerusalem and see it. God said, I have placed my name mm-hmm. in in Jerusalem. And it is the when when God divided the planet uh, and and sent the angels, we'll call them angels. He sent powers and principalities to rule various locations. The one place he reserved, he said, there will be no angel over Israel because I myself shall rule over Israel. When when Messiah returns to sit on the throne, where do you think that throne's going to be? Mm-hmm. It's just like it's in Israel that his name is written, mm-hmm. right? A lot of people don't know about that. Right. It's, uh, now, is it, is it yes, it's not Yeshua, it's, uh, Yahweh. it's Yahweh, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, which so, talks about the everlasting and all-powerful God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so when we, when we talk about the name of God, um, there are several ways to address that, but the, the, the briefest way uh, is through the Shin, and it's the, it's the symbol. So when you saw Spock do the live long and prosper, right? Um, Spock actually borrowed that directly from he he was Jewish and he, he was borrowed Jewish that directly was from Jewish. That's right. the priests who would do the blessing and the reason the priests hold their hand like that is that in doing that it forms the letter Shin mm-hmm. uh, and Shin is the abbreviation for God and if you go look at an aerial photo of the mountains around Jerusalem the mountains literally form a Shin on the earth there is literally the name of god stamped in the rock around jerusalem i'm sorry god said i put my name there and you go look at the aerial photos and go no he literally that's put right. his name he put it right there. here it's there yeah it's there that's what i'm talking about <clears throat> all right so i want to come back to the question that came up last week because i thought it was a, a legitimate and it is a good, it's a good question. question it's a good question and uh, it says i'm writing with a question that has bothered me from some time now and I'm in the hopes that you guys can help me sort through it. And I wanted, uh, Steve, to, you to talk about this. Okay, so here goes. How do I move my family from our existing church to a new church that is much more biblically balanced and one that follows the calendar of the Lord and celebrates his holy days, etc.? We have friends and family at our church none of which we will have at the new one. It's not easy. Relationships are important and strong. Any thoughts or advice would be most appreciated. And something that this question I thought was interesting, I didn't get into it with Billy the last time, is from a woman, not from a man. Mm. Seems that, you know, if you've got a man involved in this, he's the one that's going to make this decision, basically, and not the well, yeah, and, and that's actually the part that makes it difficult because how I would answer that question if, if Billy or a friend came out and answered me, I'd say it's easy. You get in your car and you drive over to the other church. All right. No, oh, well, wait a minute. <laughs> that's how you do it. <clears throat> yes, those, um, those friendships and those relationships are extremely important. And, and actually, that's actually the probably the biggest reason most people don't just make change from – that mindset, but they make a change in any mindset, right? Because it was their grandpa's church, right? It was their dad's church. It was their church they grew up in. Their friends were there, all of that. I mean, it's it's a thing. 
And when when you believe you're starting to gain a revelation about anything, whether it be specifically here about things like, you know, the feast and Sabbath and all of that, uh, or um, just any different revelation within in church and denomination, you have to make the move, right? Because you're not going to be comfortable. Your spirit is going to continually to be uncomfortable if you're doing something contrary to what okay. God's showing you. Keep your thought. All right. That's a good start. We'll continue it when we get back. Uh, Bill O'Reilly is coming up. We'll see what he has to say, and then we'll, uh, you know, pay some bills and things of that nature, and then I'll let Steve continue with his thought process here. Uh, Billy brought up that Christ was a relationship God. How does that play into all of this as well? Okay, so we've got the question presented to us uh, for the Bible guys of what do you do when the Holy Spirit moves in your life? Because that's what has to happen when you start thinking about, maybe I shouldn't stay at this church. Maybe I need to go to a different church. Something has happened internally uh, with you. What do you do? Because you've got friends, you've got family, and all of them that are still at the church that you're getting perhaps ready to leave. And, you know, I think last week when I talked to Billy, Billy made a great discussion about how difficult mm-hmm. it really is going to be. Yeah. But remember when when Christ said that the word is sharper than any two-edged sword. Mm-hmm. It cuts mm-hmm. between marrow and bone, all right? And it would se- separate fathers from sons yeah. and mothers from daughters. Yeah. That's that's where we're at in this discussion, mm-hmm. truly, I believe. Yep. Go ahead. <clears throat> well, and the last thing I said was, if God is starting to reveal something, you're starting to gain some understanding, then you can just simply go back and go, okay, well, you know what? Luther did the same thing. You know, Wesley did the same thing. Wigglesworth did the same thing, right? And when everybody, whoever it is that they're getting a revelation that God's showing them something different in the Word, then there's going to be a stirring in their spirit, and they are not going to be able to stay right because to me one of the things that is fearful is if god's showing you something and you don't receive it then he's going to take it away and he's not going to give you anything else unless you move upon what he showed you yes it can be difficult right because you have these close-knit friendships and all that other kind of stuff and 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 i'm really not the best person to kind of speak about this and is that what church is supposed to be about right and the reason i say i'm not the best person to speak about this is because i spent 20 21 years in the military i had friends that comes come and go all the time so i was used to people ebbing and flowing and moving in and out of my life but yet while they were there they were the you know some of the closest people that that i've ever had in my life so for me it's easy to move in and out and go okay oh i learned something new okay go over there okay yeah i'll be right there Right. And so I don't have that that close and difficult connection that some people have. But I will tell you that if you don't move upon it, um, you will become uncomfortable. Right. Because once you understand something that is true and right, you're, you're going to crave it. Right. Once you understand it and it's really got down into your spirit, then you're going to want to crave it. You know, and um, and, you know, to do a shameless plug, if you just come over to 701 Napa Valley <laughs> on Saturdays at 13 or one o'clock, you'll uh, you'll have a great place with new friends and you'll learn about uh, all those things that got stirring in your spirit. There OK, you so <laughs> let me let me in- now bring you to what we talked about again last week. And that is what if you have children? Yeah, they're not going to want to give up their friendships with the people that they hang out with. Yeah. 
what now? It, um, you know what? Just like there's other people, uh, there's other kids. Yep. And again, it may be difficult. Well, you go out and get new kids, <laughs> right? You just, you just leave those. Right? Yeah, you just leave those with the. the trying to trade money in for a while. <laughs> right. I mean, uh, right. um, it, again, it, it, you, the answer is the same. If you have a revelation and understanding, then you make the move. And as difficult as it may be for them, it's not about friendships. It's about yeah. what it is that you believe God is showing you and revealing to you. And if you're starting to know it, then you move to it. That's all there is to it. It, it doesn't mean it's going to be easy. Yep. You know, it, it won't you, be easy. I promise you it won't be right. easy. It won't. Um, but it's just it's just what needs to happen. And again, whether it be something from a messianic perspective or just anything in, you know within traditional church, if God's showing you something different, then you got to move upon it, and and that's just all you got to do. You know what is easy? What is easy is to go sit in some giant church where mm. all that is ever preached is designed to make you feel good about yourself, and never be asked to change, never ask be asked to be uncomfortable, and by the way, spend an entire lifetime there and may still end up in hell because you were never changed. Mm. The, the gospel is not easy, period. It is not that. meant to be easy. Um, the, I, I, <clears throat> I have on occasion likened it to those explorers who got into ships and took off across an ocean, perhaps never to see humanity again. Uh, you know, we, we have to get rid of the old notion that, oh, they thought they might sell off the edge of the world. By then, they knew the world wasn't <laughs> flat. They, they knew the world wasn't flat. Uh, but they did understand that there was a possibility that they would be taken by storms, mm-hmm. that the world was larger than they thought, and that they they might never make it. Uh, they might end up in lands from which there was no return. Uh, there were, and sometimes we just we have to do the same thing. You know, I think it was Cortez when he landed in. Uh, Latin America that he burned the ships mm. and said, now we can't go back. We have to move forward because we can't go back. At some point in your life, you have to make the decision. And I, I'm, I'm reaching into my preacheriness this morning. At some point in your life, you have to make the decision that the truth is the truth, that God matters, and I'm just going to burn the ships on what has come before, that I'm not going back. And sometimes that means leaving a place where all you're doing is having your ears tickled. You have to go, look, there's no truth here. Even though my children are in these great relationships, they are not, they're not in the most important relationship here, which is a, a life-altering experience with God. And if they can't get that here, then it is my responsibility to move them someplace where that can't happen. Yeah. yeah. And anybody, especially if you put it in the context of a messianic, and that's why I say it can be both. It's not just, yes, the question is about uh, things that are more in a messianic perspective. Uh, but it, it, the matter of the truth, you've got to move to it. Now, if you want to put it in the context of what we're talking about, in the in the context of the question, you know, especially from the kids, man, that's easy. Messianic <laughs> messianic people, there's a million kids. If you come to the messianic circles, and people love to make babies. <laughs> Some of the congregations, <laughs> there, there's as many kids as there are adults. Yeah. You know, yeah. sometimes more. Um, I mean, we have one couple that's got nine. Right. That's the way it is at, over at New Life. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, James is very open about saying. You know how much we've got to expand our youth groups and stuff because we've got so many children. He mm-hmm. says, if there's one thing we know at this church, people like making babies. That's right, right, <laughs> right. We've, uh, we've I really eliminated think... a bunch of that worldly entertainment, and that leaves some things that we do very, very, very <laughs> well. Right. Making babies Absolutely. is one of them. So, right. 
I, I really, I, I think just the basic answer, it has to be that if God's revealed you some something, you, you got to take a step on it. Yeah. If it's tithing, you start tithing, right? Uh, if it's missions, then you do missions. If it's Hebrew roots, then it's Hebrew roots, right? Whatever it is that God's showing you, you take the step on it. And sorry about friendships. If they don't get it, then that they can't see it. And it, or or but what the, the the whole thing is, then it's up to you through the power of the Holy Spirit to convince them that they need to move too, right? And but that also may be by the act and the step, right? That you make. You don't yes, sever the relationships, right? You if you go to a, a new congregation and um, again like a Hebrew it's a Messianic congregation, and all of a sudden. Um, what God started with you begins to blow up, right? Begins to expand. You don't sever those relationships, right? So you, we we want to c- keep those connections. You can to, still yeah. break bread with the people, right? Right, because <clears throat> we're all still believers. We're all still Christians. We're all still on the same team, right? <clears throat> and uh, and then when you begin to share, if they're really in pursuit of God, and they're not in pursuit of their denomination or well, their tradition. If they're you're gonna, in, if you're in pursuit of your denomination and its main mission is not to lead the lost to Christ, mm-hmm. you need to leave. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, seriously, it's time to go. Right. Right. I mean, God's going to write Ichabod over the the door right. sooner or later. Yep. Yeah. Yes, and, and, I'm, and I'm glad you circled back around that. That was my primary point from last week is that just because you're changing churches – it does not mean you have to surrender all those relationships. Matter of fact, you should not surrender those relationships. God was all about Messiah when he walked this planet was all about relationship. And here's the I know the fear. The fear is that when you leave church, you'll find out when you leave that church, you'll find out that you don't have enough in common with those people to maintain relationships. Well, then guess what? Those relationships aren't real anyway. Mm-hmm. They, they were just surface relationships. Um, you know, those people that. I know deeply and that uh, I've got these lifelong lasting relationships with those last beyond those, those go beyond the doors of that church and therefore um, they will survive that sort of thing. Um, you know, you should stay connected. Um, if nothing else, <clears throat> it gives you a bit of a parachute when it comes to feeling a, maybe a bit of an outsider when you move to a new church and it gives you the opportunity to share. Uh, people become curious yeah. that it took a long time for people from my former life to begin asking about what I was doing these days. But when they did, it was obvious there was a hunger and a thirst for greater truth. They would listen to what you had to say. They would listen. Um, And and it it can greatly expand your influence. And by your influence, I don't really mean your influence. I mean God's influence. It gives you the opportunity to say, hey, here's what God actually expects. And here's what he's doing in the world right now. And by the way, when we understand those things in their context, we can see much more clearly Scriptures what God is come actually alive doing. in a massive way. Yeah, let me let me just take this in a secular vein just for a moment. There was a time that all of the friends that I hung out with were uh, you know pot smokers, just like I was. But then a time came in in my life when I moved away from that. And I told them that I was moving away from that, and they show if they showed up at my at my house at midnight, ready for the midnight reefer club to start. It wasn't starting. Right, it wasn't going on. And guess what? They were they were confused at first, 
But after they talked to me a while and I explained to them from my own personal uh, life why I did what I did, they either accepted or they didn't. And that's the way everything is. Yeah. Yeah. Secular and, you know, you know, sacred. They're both the same thing. It it works the same there, way. Go there, ahead. There's a scripture that deals with that because I, I, I dealt with that um, when I first got saved. Right. And um, the people that I used to run with no longer had interest in communicating with me at all mm-hmm. because they now know who I became and, and the change. And so this brother in the Lord, I was probably six months in the Lord, and he gave me the scripture. Now, the context of this is someone who leaves the secular world that you're talking about and then becomes a believer. So this is in first Peter um, chapter four, verse one, it says, therefore, since Christ suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourselves also with the same mind for he who has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin that he no longer should live the rest of his time in the flesh for the lust of men, but for the will of God. For we have spent enough of our past lifetime in doing the will of Gentiles. When we walked in the lewdness, lust, drunkenness, revelries, drinking parties, and abominable idolatries in regard to these they think it's strange that you do not run with them in the same flood of dissipation and they speak evil of you all right so that's from a moving from a godless to a godly lifestyle but the Uh same thing applies if it's a different spiritual plane that god has taken you to Mm -hmm. yeah because you're moving from you know being uh you know a saved individual let's say to being a more What's the better word for this? I guess that you're a deeper yeah, believer I, than you were. I, I just say different place because okay. you, I don't like to use um, higher or lower you know, terminology because it does imply uh, almost a superiority kind of thing. And that's really what we don't want to do. We're all standing. We're all still looking at the cross. We're just standing right. in a different place. Yeah. Right. And, Agreed. And, and so um, is it possible? And this is obviously what we teach and believe is, is God's in a big restorative process and we can talk about this in more detail after the break um that what we think and what we believe that god's doing in our day is restoring the understanding that the apostles had in the one new man and well i think that the whole messianic movement that i have come into you know impact with has moved me to a, a much larger mm. vision of what my faith is all about yep it's really important. Yep. I mean, seriously, mm-hmm. it's important. All right, we got to we got to take a break. Let's get that done. Twelve minutes till eight o'clock. Uh, Pat Davis reminds you that if you want to save thirty to fifty percent on your health insurance, he's the guy you should be calling. Five zero one six zero five sixty nine thirty five. That's his number. Five zero one six zero five sixty nine thirty five. How would you like to have health insurance that has no more copays? You can get that with pat uh, davis how about you want to know about how do you bust through those big deductibles well pat can treat you and and teach you how to be able to do that as well but you've got to call or you've got to go online and you've got to let him show you how he does this uh it makes sense to me that saving 50 percent on your health insurance that's a lot of money over the course of a year and it only makes sense to me that you take 10 or 20 minutes to figure out how you do it. 501-605-6935 or Your Health Plan Man. That's one word, yourhealthplanman.com. All right, back, and we've got uh, about seven minutes left here, and you wanted to move forward on this whole thought of what 
moving to another church and things of that nature is involved in, Steve, so I'll let you pick it up. Um, well, <clears throat> I was going to make the point in what we believe what God's doing today, right? Mm-hmm. Th- this is going to become a greater issue for many people in the body of Christ. Yeah. Because this is what God is doing in our day, right? You know, we can go back and see the process um, that God began with Luther, right? Getting us saved by grace and moving us out of the um, the Catholic dogma that existed yeah. at that time. And if you watch through church history, you see how God moved from with dealing with uh, Luther, the Episcopalians, the Presbyterians, the Baptists, right? Uh, the Methodists, the Pentecostals, all of those, God has in, been in a process of restoration. Yep. Each one made a, a different step forward. Correct. And what I teach is um, they didn't have to stop, right? What the problem is, is everything I just named was a denomination. Yeah. Well, yep. They did what I, I jokingly used the story of Mount, the uh, transfer transfiguration the apostles went up there they see jesus uh, moses and elijah and they say it's good that we're here we should build three tabernacles which is context of sukkot but we're not going to go there and so what i jokingly say is and and yeshua said no 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 no. just let's go say what we do is go oh we have a revelation let's build three walls and a roof and a bylaws and a structure now we have truth we have it all figured out and then God, whether it be any one of those men or denomination throughout time, God goes, all right, I, I tried to give you a little bit. And I was going to take you to the next place, but you stopped on me. Yeah. I'm going to keep moving. Right. So how do we know what it is that we're doing and, and, and what we believe nowadays is part of what God is, um, is a restoration process that God's doing? There are several places that refer to it. The biggest one that we quote quite a bit is from um, Zechariah 13 and 14. And, and we we jokingly say that you might want to go ahead and get ahead of the curve because during the millennial reign, and that's where I'm referring to as Zechariah 13 and 14, it says that every year from uh, we're going to go up year to year and celebrate the Feast of Sukkot. Right. So we know that means those things haven't been done away with. There's another place, I believe it's in the book of Acts, where it talks about the restoration of all things. Uh, the whole book of Ephesians is about the mystery of, of the one new man, Jew and Gentile, one in, in Messiah, becoming together the commonwealth of Israel. <clears throat> so if God's stirring in you these things, whether it be because of this platform, whether it be through different ministries and websites and different things that you're listening to, just the spirit of God, right, just giving you revelation as you're reading, then you have to move upon it because there is going to come a restoration, whether it make it, whether it makes its fullness before his return or its fullness is at his return he is restoring his people okay so here's here's the key that i think that you're trying to reach to there's going to come where there isn't a denomination no not a denomination there's not going to be this hard line correct yeah the delineation yeah Mm -hmm. between the christian church and the synagogue okay they're going to be one yes they are Absolutely. It's going to be one. And with all these movies, I mean, non-denomination to me means we accept truth from every denomination Mm -hmm. to be the meeting that we're doing here. Why can't you accept the Messianic side of it and bring it in as well? That would be 
the completion of what we're talking about. Yep. So one of the, the things that the enemy was so successful at was that separation. Yep. Right? yep. And was to absolutely divide the church from its Hebrew roots. Yeah, its roots. Yep. And so there are two two roads, right? There are there is the non-believing Jewish road that maintains the Torah line, the instructions of God, and then there's the um, church line that forsook those things, but yet now is purely focused on the things of the Spirit, and they have a limited revelation. So the the Jewish people don't understand Messiah, the Christian people don't understand Torah, don't understand God's instructions. There, those roads are starting to come back together, yeah, and they are going to meet. And and I believe the fullness of the meeting is what is hinted at in the book of Revelation, where it talks about the hundred forty four thousand. There is going to come an outpouring where God is going to at one time remove the blinders from His people. Rev, uh, Romans eleven speaks of this. Um, um, Luke twenty one speaks of this. That there is going to come a time in which the Jewish people will see Messiah. And there will come a revival and an explosion that will rival, again, 144,000, whether it's real or not. Paul's changing the world. It's coming. Well, all you got to do is go to any religious channel and look at all of the rabbis that are preaching the truth mm-hmm. of, of Messiah mm-hmm. and that it was Jesus Christ. I mean, that's, I mean, I, that's just been recently, last 10, 15 years mm-hmm. that we're, we're hearing. If, if the church, the Christian church, really wants to start making that movement, I think they'll start doing Passover. Yeah. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yep. And we're getting ready to set that one up, so we'll advertise that once we get I the want to, yeah, yeah, you let me know, because we'll talk about it a lot here on this show. And, I, and, and when that happens, I hope that you will come to Passover and really have a lot of blind spots opened up for you. It will blow your mind. Yeah, it will. It will. Steve, thanks for coming in. And I appreciate you too, Billy. Thank you for coming in. We're done for a Tuesday. Tomorrow, we'll talk to the congressman. (laughs) And Ken Yang will be my uh, special guest, as he always is, here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Words I can mention to show my devotion. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.